Broadcasting live from Global Headquarters at RP Enterprises in Greenwood, Missouri. Stand by on this frequency. After 22 years of entertaining FM radio listeners across the U.S., across the U.S., this man is the owner and executive producer of the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl on Sportsman's Channel, CEO and founder of Dumar Chemical Solutions, and the man behind the mic of Papa Ron Radio Voiceovers and Production. He's the man, the myth. The legend, a global icon, future Nobel Prize winner, and of course he paid me to say all this. Really? Literally. Welcome to the Papa Ron Podcast. Here's your host, Ronnie Phillips. Ronnie Phillips. All right, we're back. It's episode eight. Yeah. Can't believe I made it eight episodes. The Papa Ron Podcast. You can find it on all your favorite podcast platforms. Check it out on Spotify where you can watch a video version of this. You can also check out a video version on your Papa Ron Podcast YouTube channel. Also found on all the other popular podcast platforms like Apple, Amazon, uh, Google, CastBox, just to name a few. I want to thank everybody for checking out the last seven episodes of the Papa Ron Podcast. It's kind of blown me away, honestly. I didn't know what to expect when I started this journey seven weeks ago. I guess it would be eight weeks ago today. Um, but it's, it's turned out to be such an incredible experience. Of course, I'm passionate about a lot of different things that this podcast is about. But if you've listened to the very first episode of the Papa Ron Podcast, you will know then that I got vulnerable and opened up about some uh, struggles that I had over the last two years, struggles of which that I internalized. And, um, and it got so bad that it began to affect my health physically. Um, and so I talk about all of that in the very first episode of the Papa Ron podcast. And so that being said, mental health is a topic of which that is important to me and that I like to discuss here on this podcast. So before we get started with tonight's guest, I just also want to make sure to thank the guys over at Marathon Media Management. Dakota and Quentin Verlinek are, are great friends of mine who were huge um, supporters through the struggle that I had and actually encouraged me to do this podcast in efforts to maybe get me back up my feet, get back to my roots from my radio days and kind of find a new path. And, and I didn't know it at the time. I just said, screw it. I need to do something. And lo and behold, this podcast has been medicine for me. And so um, not only do I thank, their, thank them for their friendship, but I also thank them for being uh, providing their expertise on the video side so that I can uh, provide this podcast in a video version as well, which if you've watched any of the prior episodes, you're going to see that this podcast looks a little bit different tonight because I'm, I'm in studio by myself. My guest is actually in Las Vegas. She's a friend of mine that I lost contact with for several years, but I think we go back 15 years, about roughly 15 years, I think. I remember being a young single man working at Q104 and being out on the town thinking I was King Dingaling and running. And, and by the way, I was never a plaza guy, never a plaza guy. Somehow or another, I ended up, I think it was a Sunday night. You know what? We just need to bring her in. We just need to bring her in. Hang on a second. Here we go. Let's do it. Welcome to the Papa Ron podcast, an old friend, Miss Melissa Aiken. Melissa. Oh, hang on, you're muted. 
Got a big crowd here. They were the, the big crowd here for for Melissa. How are you, darling? I'm good. I'm good. I was just trying to uh, reflect and try to jog my memory of what you were about to walk into. Yeah, I had and this. Feel I, like it was blonde. I thought we no. I think it ended at blonde. I think it ended at blonde. But so, but we'll get it. So anyway, I need to do this because I had a big old formal introduction. Okay. Melissa is a functional nutritionist and integrative mental health practitioner. She's a self-proclaimed. Goofy chick on social media, which is how Melissa and I got reunited on TikTok. And I think it's because of the things that we had in common in regards to mental health. And because I was putting content out there about mental health and hashtagging all the things, uh, you showed up in my feed randomly. And I swear, I looked at the same video over and oh, I bet I looked at that. I mean, I gave you quite a bit of, quite a bit of views on that one piece of content because I was like, this girl has got a ton of followers, but I swear I know her. I, she looks really familiar. And then, of course, the background is kind of in a desert setting. You know, you got palm trees and stuff. I'm like, yeah, this isn't Kansas City. And then it, it lo and behold hit me that this is the girl that I met at Kona Grill. Oh, it was okay. Kona Grill. And I think it was a Sunday night after a Chiefs game. And I was at the time rolling around with uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. Does that sound right? And then yeah. we, we ended up at Blonde later. And of course it was like, I know people are going to start reading into this. It was nothing more than a friendship. We, yeah. As a matter of fact, I may have tried, but I got shut down immediately, which is probably part of my mental health issues. That I've, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway. No. But it was really cool to reunite with you, Melissa. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got to exchange some, some pleasantries and, and you got to tell me a little bit what you're doing uh, with your life now. And I, at the time what we met, you were into nutrition and then um, you had some life things happen and yeah. you decided that you were going to kind of parlay all of the things that you learned about nutrition and take it a step further by being a mental health practitioner. So let's back up. Who is Melissa Hagen? Where are you from? And, and how did you get to where you're at today? Sure. Okay. So easy, just, you know, 40 years in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> right. yeah, so I grew up in Kansas city, um, you know, originally not from Kansas city, but I moved there early when I was about 13 years old, um, grew up there, um, on the Missouri side. And then when I got older, I moved to the Kansas side, um, but very much Kansas city girl. Um, and you know, I had a pretty, I had a pretty, you know, my own struggles with mental health through my 20s and up into my 30s. Um, in my 20s, I had, you know, I had a bad breakup. I moved away from Kansas City. I moved to San Diego where, you know, all things woo-woo. You sunshine. moved to San Diego just to get, just to go somewhere different or was there a yeah. job? Up, like, I mean, it was just a spontaneous, like, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. going to get the hell out of here. San Diego sounds yeah. good. Yeah, oh, yeah, actually it was. I had a I had a nasty breakup and all kinds of yucky stuff going on in my life. And I was like, I just need a fresh start. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, what about San Diego? That sounds great. Um, he was like, I was actually just thinking about moving to San Diego. And I'd say within two months, we were there living in a house with some friends, um, partying. And, you know, I did that for a while. Um, I always just kind of lived a fast you know, I was living a real fast life. Didn't know really where I was going. I was lost. I had, I had dropped out of high school. Um, I tried to go to college. 
dropped out of college. You know, I really wanted to go for, you know, neuroscience. I, I really wanted to, to, I was always interested in mental health, but I really wanted to focus on the brain health. So I just had this, like, these things are connected. I don't know. Um, but I continued to just drink and party that, you know, those those dreams away. I think yep. I had just given up on that. I was like, oh, four years of this and then four years, like, I just don't think I can do it. Didn't have much um, confidence in myself. Um, you know, of course, now I realize what that was, um, but I'm so happy for the path that I took um, because it really did lead me into um, in a one, really just understanding myself and um, I was naturally organically led to figuring out mental health from a different lens um, because I was faced with my own. Um, I was always dealing with traumas from my childhood. And, you know, I think that's probably why I partied a lot. I numbed a lot of things mm. and with alcohol, with men, you know, everything I could do, just get a high and just stay there. Um just life of the party. And, and I played that role for a really long time and I was good at chasing that high, right? Didn't really mm -hmm. get into the drugs much, but I partied and it was socially acceptable. Right. It was fine. I had a job writing, writing a blog about my party lifestyle. It wasn't, it wasn't just accepted, socially acceptable situation. It was, it was expected. It was, yeah, it was, it was glamorous. Right. Um, you're a socialite, you know, you go to all the clubs, you get in free. And mind you, this is Kansas City. So what is that? Blonde in Kansas City, right? I don't know who we thought we were, but <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's funny now. Um, but nonetheless, I was obviously dealing with some addictions that I, I didn't really, I didn't really pay any attention to. Um, but I always knew, you know, I'm going to meet the right guy and then I'm going to, I'm going to clean up and I'm going to have a baby and I'm going to be the best mom. Um, and I did, I, I, I met a great guy. I, I moved with him to an Island in this like fairy tale kind of way. And we had a baby and I was like, I'm going to be, um, the healthiest that I can be. Right. I had already started down that path. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I, that's really when I ran into issues with my mental health. Um, I had already been on my nutrition journey. Um, I'd already, you know, I have I'd already connected the mind and the body for myself. And I was like, it's gotta be something that you eat. It's gotta be a lifestyle. It's gotta be this or that. So I was on this um, road well before I had my son, I had tried veganism. I was a bodybuilder for a while. Um, one thing is true is when I do, when I say I'm going to do something, I, I just knock it out of the park, right? Like I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking done in one day. Right now I'm this, and you know what? I want to be a bodybuilder. I want to be a fitness model. Done. Now I'm I'm doing this. Right, like I can do it. Willpower wasn't my problem. So by the time I had my baby, gosh, I gained sixty pounds. Um, which, whatever you know, let's say that was what I needed to to weigh. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I was eating during pregnancy didn't reflect what I had learned and I didn't have a lot of control over that. And I didn't understand why. Um, shortly after I had my baby, I, I had started experiencing um, flashbacks of sexual trauma from my childhood. Mm. Um, so I was diagnosed with PTSD and 
further diagnosed was complex PTSD. Complex PTSD. Yes. So and I'll explain that. Complex PTSD is really going to be complex trauma. It's not yet in the DSM, so we can talk about that. But it's complex, meaning that it's a lot of um, traumas over a longer period of time. Typically, this is within childhood. So um, overall, you did not feel safe. There was many things that were communicated to your nervous system that you were unsafe. It doesn't necessarily mean that every single one was a big T trauma, Mm -hmm. but even little T traumas over the course of several years can cause this complex trauma. Um, And so that is what, you know, essentially the psychiatrist had told me at this time, my son was about two and I was just like, gosh, like that sounds so interesting. Um, she's like, I can't really diagnose you with it because it's not in the DSM yet. Um, but I, I think after your intake, I think that's what's going on. Um, she wrote me a script for an SSRI and a benzo, which I didn't take. Um, and I was on that for about six months. And flash forward was immediately I was like, I don't want to be on this. There's got to be a better way. It doesn't feel right. I don't feel connected to my body. And I want to deal with this a different way. So I did take the drugs for a short period of time. Um, and it did, you know, it, it made me feel better. Um, and I used that uh, healing to propel my path into, okay, everything that you've really learned about your gut health and how that might affect your mental health, let's put that into play. Let's, let's throw everything at this wall and see what sticks. It's just inherent to me that what I eat is going to have an effect on my body and my mind. So let's just eat the best, right? Let's just do this. Let's, let's exercise. And I just dove into all of the content that I could. Um, you know, I'd already moved away from veganism and understood why. I'd already moved through a lot of fad dieting and, and really some body dysphoria, stuff that happened with me from all of this, all of this extreme dieting. Um, and really what I found was, gosh, it, our gut microbiome is everything. And when I started studying the gut microbiome, I was blown away. And I think there was something at that point that was like, okay, there's something here. And I, it, this isn't me, right? Like this isn't just a few people that have discovered this. This is in the literature. Yeah. If you type in gut brain access into PubMed, you're going to find hundreds and hundreds of pages reflecting gut health, the importance of gut health on um, your all disease states, right? And Or the reflection of gut health and disease states and mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, nobody in my whole life when I've said I don't, you know, have a complaint with my doctor about my mental health, anxiety, social anxiety, uh, panic attacks. Anytime I would, you know, talk about this stuff with my doctor, nobody asked me what I was eating. Mm. Nobody asked me about my environment, toxins in my environment, um, mold, uh, my relationships, my nervous system, right? It was just, this is pathological. Mm. This, is, this is some, this is psychology or this was a disorder you were born with. Yeah. Um, the best we can do is this medication and that's it and be on your way. And 
everything that I've studied for the last 10 years says that that's just not true. Wow. Not even close. There are a lot of moving parts too. And I got to say this as well, because I said this to you before we started the show, but anybody who might be watching this on YouTube or Spotify, if you're wondering why I'm looking down all the time, the camera's here. So I'm looking here, but Melissa is down here. So I want to look at her instead of looking at the camera lens the whole time. So it's a little bit of a distraction for me, but anyway, back to the topic, there are a lot of moving parts and a lot of uh, different dynamics that can be, that can contribute PTSD, complex PTSD, depression, anxiety. Um, and you, you touched on, on a few of those. And wouldn't you say that it's also fair that while we're going to focus on gut health tonight, there are other means outside of pharmaceutical that can be beneficial and gut health is just in what we consume and what we eat is just one of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What you eat is, you know, important for feeding the 100 trillion um, bacteria that we have in our gut. Uh, but th- that, you know, if you if we're talking about the gut, we're, we're going to speak from mouth to colon. So in there, we've got 100 trillion bacteria. We also have viruses, fungi, cells. There's so many more of them than there yeah. are stars in the sky. Yeah. We have to think about this bacteria as little people, little people with personalities. And it's really best to think of them that way. They send signals to the brain. Um, and these little guts, can, bacteria can be happy. They can be good. They can be pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory. And that all depends on what we're feeding them. Mm-hmm. It really depends on, are you taking a probiotic? Do you eat real food? Um, I like to really think about what I'm eating is either this is good for my bacteria or bad, right? It's either helping colonize, add to, or taking away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't just include our food. Like you said, this is also our relationship to sunlight. Yeah. It has an effect on our bacteria. Um, our relationship with others, our connection to people. Um, all of these things were, are so interconnected. So when you say we're going to focus on gut health, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to have a 90 minute conversation just on gut health unless we're going to deep dive into, you know, the science, yeah. because really everything plays a part. Um, is psychology a part of our mental health? Yes. I would argue the smallest part. However, okay. is mindset a, a part? Absolutely. But what helps create our mindset? Those little gut bacteria definitely have a flu influence. Um, you know, our neuroplasticity has an influence. Um, you know, if we think about like, okay, I'm depressed. I'm very sad. I have a state of sadness over a long period of time. Um, and this nutritionist, this lifestyle coach is telling me just to get up and get in the sunshine or get up and take a walk or I need to work out every day. Well, what's another factor that could keep us from that? Inflammation. If our brain is Mm. literally inflamed, you're not going to want to get up and do that stuff. It's habit forming. We can't form habits if we don't have neurons firing in the brain. Neuroplasticity, this, this idea that we can create new neural networks and do new things and, and trim off the bad, trim off the bad habits, right? We can't do that if our brain's inflamed. Yeah. So when I'm saying like, okay, gut health, so that's, you know, mouth all the way down to 
your colon, everything in there and all the bacteria in there and how do we keep them happy? I mean, how does that affect um, this system of the body and this system of the body and how does that affect our emotional state? Well, those gut bacteria can directly affect our emotional state. Um, I think what's really interesting is when you when you look at mental health through the lens of the physiology or the psychology, um, whatever your whatever lens you're using to look at mental health, they lead to another one. And what we do as practitioners or physicians, therapists, psychotherapists, psychiatrists is we want to say the lens and what the lens of what I'm looking at is the only thing that matters. This is the most important thing. That's it. It is what you eat and that's it. And that's just not true. <laughs> and it's it we need to have a little humility um, and understand that we know very little. We know very little about gut health at this point. We've only mapped the the uh, the microbiome like 10 years ago. Our it's an in infancy. Our understanding of mental health is in its infancy. And I would argue that psychology is of the most infantile of sciences they really just there really is a study of behavior um and i would argue that the behavior is simply a symptom it's a symptom of something else now when we're talking about ptsd what is ptsd well it is a um it's a neuroinflammation it's from it's it's derived from neuroinflammation um does that mean that it's the root cause I don't know what the chicken or the egg is. Did you have a traumatizing event? Yeah. Is your brain on fire from it? Yeah. So my proposal is we stop saying this is the only lens we can look at in. And we say, all right, what is it that we can do for the brain? How can we help support the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body for full healing? How can we help you in all stages? Um, and truly, I think my my plan to be the best mom and and cure my PTSD, whatever that means, and and heal my traumas, really led me down this path of try everything and see what sticks. And everything, just about everything I tried, had a positive effect. Mm -hmm. And so I started connecting the dots. Right, I was like. But this and this and I, I and you know I was I was like Carrie in Homeland with I still am <laughs> where I'm just like I'm trying to connect you know like who who done did it and yeah. I, and I've come up with so much you know I've come up with so much and and there's so many people leading in this space that are like yeah this affects this and this we don't know but what we do know is the mind and body are connected and where Western civilization went wrong was saying mind body separate them and study them individually. Right. Right. All right. Let's, we're going to get back into this. I'm going to take a quick break. Melissa Hagen is our guest on tonight's podcast. And I want to, when we come back, I want to, I want to get into more specifics of this gut health thing. All right. The little party size coming back. Ain't it? Look at you. Yeah. There we go. Come on. Dance <laughs> with me. Back. Dance with me. Chicka, chicka, chicka. All right. We're back with Melissa Hagen in just a bit on the all-new Papa Ron Podcast. The Papa Ron Podcast.
podcast is brought to you by the award-winning Heartland Waterfowl, airing now on Sportsman's Channel. Check heartlandwaterfowl.com for airtimes. The all-new Season 9 debuts in July on Sportsman's Channel. And don't forget about the new original series on the Heartland Waterfowl YouTube channel. Check it out and don't doubt the scout. Now back to the Pomeran Podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. See, this is why you have to watch this podcast on Spotify or the YouTube channel because Melissa's getting down. You can see all these kind of moves too on her TikTok. I'm telling you, she's got it going on. All kinds of moves. Hey, don't forget to check out the home of the Papa Ron podcast at paparonradio.com. There you're going to find everything that you need to know about this new venture of mine. And I would also say that this is more than just a podcast. Now offering voiceovers for a variety of different needs, commercial production, copywriting, MC services, and radio station voice tracking, which I recently just announced on my social platforms that yours truly is now the host of the all-new Papa Ron radio show starting this Monday, June 27th, 6 o'clock on 100.7 KMZU in Carrollton, Missouri. You can learn again about all of this at paparonradio.com. We're back with Melissa Hagan. Uh, I really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Melissa is in Las Vegas. That's why it looks a little different. It sounds a little different than the first seven podcasts. Let's dive into the gut health. I mean, this is why you're here. We're, we, I'm hoping that this is going to potentially lead to a multitude of different podcast with you to talk about a variety of different topics because there is so much to unpack. Uh, and like you just said, it's hard to even get to the root of everything that is involved with gut health alone in 90 minutes. And it doesn't have to be 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you asked the other night, how long is the podcast going to be? And it's just <laughs> they're roughly 90 minutes long. So um, you talked about that you used to party and drink and, and all the stuff. And is it, uh, is it safe to say then that you don't drink anymore? You're completely sober. Oh, oh so right now. Yeah. I've been sober for this year. Um, I, I'm just choosing to be sober. I'm currently going through an addiction recovery training program um, to help people uh, assist people with entheogenic or psychedelic medicine um, who are, you know, struggling through addiction and recovery. Okay. Um, so during that process, I decided to just go ahead and go back into sobriety, which is something that I play with um, when I feel like it and go in and out, not for any particular reason other than health. You know, I, yeah. I, I stay away from alcohol uh, for for my health, for my yeah. gut health. Sure. You're, yeah. No. And that's exactly why I asked. It wasn't to be judgmental or to yeah. try to catch you in something, but it was more yeah. just to say like, okay, um, for example, this right here is not a glass of water. Okay. okay. This is a bourbon and Coke zero that I am drinking right here. Okay. Um, are you an advocate then of sobriety for all people? I mean, you, cause you just said that you kind of go in and out of all this, but being that you feel that, oh, and, and, and look, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I'm basically saying is, is that you got away from consumption of alcohol because it was not healthy for the gut, which is then not healthy for the brain. So where's the fine line? Okay. So, um, it's just completely bio-individual. What are you working on? Working on your gut health? Do you have leaky gut? Um, if you do, then we need to dial back the alcohol and just kind of go no alcohol for a while. Did you say a leaky gut? Yes. So a leaky leaky gut or a leaky butt or is they, are they both, (laughs) are they the same thing? 
leaky gut. So leaky gut is okay. So you know the little there's a lining between your your stomach your your lining of your gut, so okay. your stomach lining that keeps all of those things inside where they're supposed to be. Okay. It's only like well, it's it's like very very small. So it's like a cell thick, right? Like it's such a tiny little layer. Um, things that we do cause the breakdown of that layer. If you think about it like this, there's tight junctions. If you think about it like this, just tiny little holes for people who are just listening. Um, it'll start to poke holes in that gut lining. Um, and what that does is make it permeable or cause gut dysbiosis, which allows toxins and all of these things are, that are made to stay in the gut, all these food particles start to roam around, right? Go through into the bloodstream, go all over. And then what happens is that travels through the gut brain access. The fastest channel is through the vagus nerve, right? The gut brain access up to the brain and ca can cause neuroinflammation. Mm. So it's causing inflammation in the gut and then it's gonna travel to the brain and cause neuroinflammation. And that neuroinflammation is gonna cause a cascade of um, neuro, you know, effects on the neurotransmitters, um, on the neurons. So this um, actually drives the epigenetic conditions of mental health. So you can have a genetic marker that says you're predisposed to having bipolar disorder. Um, however, if you want to think about, we say this a lot in the nutrition and wellness space, if you think about a gun, your genetics are, let's say, the loaded gun, but you actually have to pull the trigger, right? And that trigger is going to be your environment, the food or drugs, substances that you, that you eat, anything, your internal environment and your external environment can cause that cause us to pull that trigger. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue that then the safety, which a teacher of mine has taught me recently, the safety of that gun would be something we call methylation. Not for this show, but it's the way that we um, rake. Basically, it, it's it's extra science stuff that we don't need to go over. But it's, it's that's, a for, that's for episode four with Melissa. Yeah, it's a complicated process. But let's just say that your genetics do not predispose. They predispose you, but they do not determine anything. But what we do to our body absolutely will turn on or off those genetic markers. So we can either play nice with our genes and really work them to optimize, right? We're going to say, wow, I have this genetic thing that makes me great at this. So how do I turn that on? Um, when it's not from drinking alcohol, <laughs> alcohol won't do it. Um, and what will turn those things off? Um, and we can do that this with, you know, if you're predisposed to having cancers, um, whatever it may be, we can comb through your genetics and you know, I don't want to say this is a hard science because I don't want to sell it that way. This is this is too still much a phenomenon, so much we don't understand. But from what we do understand, we know that there are certain genetic markers that correlate with different autoimmune and disease states, mental and physical. And whether those genes are triggered or not is the difference between developing that disease and never developing that disease. And the ways that we can we can turn those off is by eating a certain way. So when you say, are you an advocate for not drinking? Well, that depends. It totally depends on your personal snapshot of how, how is your health right now? 
what genetic markers are we looking at? What's inflammation going on in your body? Um, and then cleaning up that alcohol. What's, what's a better alcohol that we can have? And how can I support my body while I'm drinking, right? Like one thing we know is drink water, right? Sleep, right? These things are super important. There's also nutrients that are depleted. So it's about supporting your body. You're literally poisoning your body. Yeah. So how can we mitigate the effects of that? Gotcha. So it's not really about, you know, being all healthy or all crazy. I think one of my biggest um, goals in life has been to create balance, a, a balance where I feel comfortable. I like that. Oh, have fun. And then yeah. also just like, you know, I like eating healthy and, but also, you know, maybe I want to eat that food. Right. Or I want to go do that thing. Maybe and, I like Oreos. Yeah. There's gluten-free ones. So <laughs> I can, oh, that sounds boring. It's still not good food. You know, it's in when it, when it comes to nutrition, eating whole real food and bringing it okay. back to I'm, mental health. I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because see, you're, you're the expert in, in my opinion. <laughs> Would you not call yourself an expert? I mean, you're sure. humble. You're humble. I get it. Okay. But <laughs> you're, you're much more of an expert than me and probably 99.7% of my listeners. Okay. Um, but for people like me, I need you to get the crayons out. Okay. Okay. And you need to color inside the lines for me. Mm -hmm. okay. So let's go back to the infancy, your infancy stages of understanding gut health as it relates to Sure. Mental health. Um, what did you, what, what did you, like you started talking about whole foods, give me yeah. some, like without getting too deep and too complicated and too, uh, you know, terminology, like maybe you used to eat this, but instead now I eat this. Maybe, you know, like what, if somebody's oh. listening and they're like, okay, well, Melissa, what do I do? Right. What, what am okay. I supposed to do? I eat like crap. I eat fried food. I go to McDonald's. I go to Johnny's Tavern or whatever. You know, give okay. me the give me give me kind of a broad paintbrush stroke here. Yeah. Broad paintbrush stroke is first of all, all practitioners. What we what we really rely on is meeting our clients where they are. So depending on where you are, you're going to have a different set of expectations. Um, if you're already eating a really clean diet, I might say, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. Let's assume um, that everybody's eating like shit. Everyone's eating like crap. Okay, yeah. so this is what you're going to do. First thing you're going to do is get sunshine in the morning. I like this. That this is what I'm talking about. Now we're now we're getting so step one, get the hell out of the house or yeah, or even yeah. even even if you like you work a nine to five, maybe you wake up a half hour early and you go for a walk, you know, or just go spend some time outside, get some sunshine. Yeah. Love so it. So when we talk about that in relation to the gut, let's just say, and through the lens of I'm going to get some early morning sunshine in relation to the gut. When, when, with that, you are, you're sending, um, signals, right? Basically your gut bacteria, those little people, they have, um, a morning and night cycle. If you're putting little people in the dark and they don't know what's morning, what's night, they're all over the place because you're not getting sleep, they're angry. They're not so happy. Mm. You're not going to be happy. Mm. That's about as simplified as I can be with the sunshine. Um, mm. And then let's, let's go with just not eating real food. If you're not eating real food, you're not getting the necessary nutrients. Uh, you're not getting the necessary amino acids to create neurotransmitters. So, Can I ask a question about that? 
Okay, yeah. so I do feel like that in today's society is like, okay, so like even when we go back to, um, you said you're 40. Is that yes. right? Okay, so I'm 46. <laughs> All right, so if you look back even at like our parents or even mm-hmm. our grandparents, like fruits and vegetables was like, it was in every meal. It like, mm-hmm. and like, I'm not talking about processed food. I'm talking about stuff that truly came from the garden or the farmer's market. Yeah. Fruits and vegetables. It's yeah. no longer, it seems, and you tell me if I'm wrong because you're the expert nutrition person, but fruits and vegetables are not a priority, it seems, in today's society. Am I wrong in, 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 in seeing that? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, is that you don't see that on your menu when you go to a restaurant. It's you very don't. much. You don't see it that much. And if you do, the, the nutrients in those fruits and vegetables are not where they should be because our soil is really not doesn't contain the bacteria that it needs to contain that it used to in the last 50 years we've really deteriorated the bacteria in our soil so our food isn't as nutritionally dense um however so if you're buying fruits and vegetables which you do think is going to be beneficial to our mental health would you say fruits and vegetables right yes but not as much as eating meat okay i love this so before, okay, before we get to the meat stuff, man, I, my brain is going. Wah, wah, wah. So before we get to meat, if you're going to the market or if you're going to, if you're going, if you're, if you are endorsing eating more fruits and vegetables, okay. you're saying that you got to be careful about just going to the store and buying fruits and vegetables. So what are you, what, what are you supposed to be looking for? Um, you know, Again, with meeting people where they're at, if someone's just eating a bunch of junk food and you are taking that transition into eating fruits and vegetables, even if you're getting not great quality fruits and vegetables, you are already doing a better job than you were before. So really just bringing it back to, you know, meeting them where they're at, because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with this, like, I've got to be perfect and start shopping at organic food stores and going to the farmer's market. And and I will tell you, it's a step-by-step basis. Like you, this is a baby step process in health. You don't just skip to the most, you know, insane, strict dietary lifestyle. That's completely different. Cause that's a, that's a way to fail. Uh, it's what I did. And some people can do that. I, 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 not to say that I didn't fail a lot, but it's better to just go get some fruits and vegetables. You don't need to go balls to the wall. You don't need to go to the farmer's market because you were talking about the soil and all the different crap that, that they put in. So, but that's, so you're, you're telling me that that's overthinking it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just get real food in, just, just focus on real food. The reason I want to, the reason, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but the reason I bring up fruits and vegetables, and I'm not trying to say that back when my grandparents, you know, were our age, that mental health wasn't an issue. But it seems like that our, those generations, couple generations ago, they were eating healthier. This, this episode is about gut health. So let, I'm trying to use the, my grandparents' generation as an example. They ate healthier. Now, maybe they didn't have the information. They didn't have the intel, the, you know, all, all the science to, discuss mental health, but maybe they didn't need to because it wasn't as prevalent. Is that fair? Um, so again, the chicken or the egg. Yes, I agree with you that they ate healthier. Their food was more nutritious. 
Um, anybody, you know, before the industrial revolution, we're talking about less pesticides. Um, the soil was not as degraded as it is now. We're talking about less toxins, right? We spray Roundup in our front yards. We're talking about mental health. These things are directly correlated. These pesticides are directly correlated with inflammation, um, chronic disease states, cancer. Um, so they just didn't have as much disease at period. And they had healthier food and they spent more time in the sunshine. They mm. weren't on their cell phones. They mm. weren't plugged in all the time. They were more connected with human beings. Uh, it wasn't anything to spend all day outside in the sun. When you were a child, you played in the dirt. Your mom wasn't freaking out, you know, sticking you with anti, you know, microbial and antibacterial every every five seconds. Like you were just allowed to be a kid and be dirty. You were allowed to eat something off the floor and play in the mud. That is so and true. And now we're so not true. doing that. It's so true. It's like I try to tell people who like, especially after the whole COVID pandemic, you know, and everybody freaking out about hand sanitizer and washing your hands and all this. And I was like thinking, okay, um, aren't we trying to like build immunity here? Like don't, don't we have an immune system and how do we build an immune system? We get the germs, right? So I digress. I digress. But but, but what you're speaking about is mental health. What you're speaking about is gut health, right? All the bacteria is how we build diversity. There is a, just a mountain of research that shows the diversity of our, our gut is directly correlated with our mental health. We need a diverse gut, which means that, that diversity in the, in the colonization of all those little people, the bacteria of our gut. We need that, uh, we get that from playing in the, in the soil. We get that from being in the sunlight. We get that from eating foods that come out of the ground and we get that from eating animals. From having a connection with our Let's do it. Let's talk about red meat, baby. Love it. Yeah, okay. Love it. So ribeye, complete food, complete protein. It's a complete, it's it's got everything you need. I make I make a killer ribeye. Just saying I do. (laughs) Reverse sear. Reverse sear. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um okay, so the one one amino acid that I think that really hits home for everyone is tryptophan, right? We eat it. Say that again one more time is what? Tryptophan. Speak. Tryptophan. We eat it on Thanksgiving. It's what makes us sleepy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I call okay. it food coma. Yeah. So, food coma. So, like, if you don't eat enough eggs or turkey, you're not getting enough tryptophan. Tryptophan converts to other important molecules like serotonin and melatonin. Serotonin makes us happy. Melatonin makes us sleepy. If we're not getting enough tryptophan, we cannot make that. We can't do that. And then the same with tyrosine. Tyrosine does the same process, different process, but creates dopamine. Dopamine is our uh, motivator. It motivates us to get things done, right? We see a deficiency in dopamine with people who have ADHD, like myself. Um, And that's also our fight or flight molecule. So what happens when we don't have dopamine? Right. Mm. Same with ILA. We need specific amino acids to create the neurotransmitters that that are in, um, you know, epinephrine, which is our adrenaline, that the fight or flight or serotonin Mm. and dopamine and GABA. 
Uh, and if we're not eating these foods, we're not getting it. What happens when we don't have serotonin? We don't have happy. So it's it's not even a question that these that these you know foods are directly correlated with our mental health. It's a question as to why our doctors and our psychologists aren't asking as a first line of defense, what are you eating? When you go to the doctor and say, I don't feel good, I'm sad, or I feel this or that, why isn't the first question, what are you eating? And let's run some blood work. Would you like me to answer that question? Yes. Because the <laughs> yes. money isn't in the cure, the money's in the medicine. That's right. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. And then people want to you know, immediately go to, oh, that's a conspiracy. Stop. It is the system working the way it's supposed to a lot of people are interested in monetary gain and not in health and now we have a mental health crisis absolute crisis our system of psychology the current model completely falling apart we don't have providers we we have way too many sick people and i mean mentally ill people mm -hmm. um since covid we don't 50%, over 50% of the people that are taking antipsychotic, antidepressant drugs are saying they are not happy with the performance of those drugs. They are still depressed, suicidal, if not worse. So what we're doing is not working. We can say that. So it's, I think we need to move away from, you know, batting a, oh, that's woo woo. And maybe take a serious consideration that we, we approached this mental health all wrong yeah we need to go back to square run one because we're not using the information the latest data in clinical practice it's not in the mainstream your doctor doesn't know that's what's scary that's what scared me the first time i said something to my doctor and he didn't know what i was talking about i it was a holy shit moment I was like, <laughs> yeah oh, and i'm gonna God. take the drugs that you're prescribing mm. yeah Oh, and you know, I have a girlfriend who's a several girlfriend uh, friends that are psychiatrists. The doctors writing these scripts, they don't even know what they're writing. Yeah. They, not all of them. We're not all of them. We're not saying all of them that do that. We're just saying that the psychiatrists have to have to help because they they're prescribing drugs that don't exist, milligram but all over that's, the place. That's fair. I'm just I yeah. I, I want to be careful that we're not we're lumping like, every single medical doctor into well, the same. We're not lumping group. anything. What we're saying is the system as it is is broken. The yeah. doctors don't have the information we expect them as patients to have. I thought my doctor knew everything about Lexapro. Yeah. And my doctor knew everything about these drugs. And why would they prescribe them to me if there was any risk involved? Yeah but they don't know anything about your health. The, the average doctor gets less than 19 hours of nutrition training in medical school. I, I, I just described to you things that most doctors don't know. Hmm. And it's basic information. And yet they're writing prescription drugs to people and that might not even be what they need. They might just need some sunshine. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but my head is just spinning right now. So I got lots of questions. Um, do you, do you feel, I want to get back to the meat and I want to get back to like, okay. So, cause I started a list here. One sunshine two, eat more red meat, fruits yes. and vegetables. Um, so I still want to continue to make a list here because what I'd like to do at the end of this podcast is just take 
the top three, maybe it's five, seven, just basic, easy, fundamental stuff that you would suggest. And I want to include that in the description of this podcast so that people can go back and reference it. So, but before we do that, I want to ask you this. Okay. Do you feel like pharmaceuticals have their place in mental illness? And the reason I ask, when I was diagnosed with my depression in January, I, like you, even though we've lost touch and we met 15 years ago, I think you knew me well enough to know that I'm a pretty driven guy, entrepreneurial spirit, kind of like you, if I make my mind up that I'm going to go do something, I'm going to go do it. And I got to a place where I lost motivation. I lost I, my identity. I didn't know, I didn't feel like I had a purpose in life. And I often more times than I can count thought maybe it would be easier if I was just dead. So I was so far down that I needed something to provide some clarity by going to the doctor and discussing with my doctor where I was at. He was able to give me a medication that for at least the first, let's say six, seven weeks um, until I had to go back and kind of revisit the medication. That's a whole nother topic, but I was giving some clarity. I was given some time that, that gave me the boost that I needed to go. Oh, I can breathe again. Oh, I can understand. I can comprehend. Oh, look how crazy I was thinking, you know, like it, it grounded me and gave me clarity. So back to the question, does it have, does pharmaceuticals have its place in mental health? Sure. So, um, the, the place that they have is not the current place that they're at. So I'll say this, all of the studies that we have on these medications do not exceed 16 weeks. I do not believe, um, and please, you know, leave a few weeks or even, you know, you're saying give or take a few weeks. Yeah. Um, on all these meds have not been studied beyond 16 weeks. And this is why, because when we study the medications, what we see is an improvement in symptomology. Absolutely. First six weeks, eight weeks. Absolutely. It depends on per drug, right? Mm -hmm. And the control group and everything. But what they found was after this certain point, which with each drug, symptomology got worse. So increased suicidality, increased depression. We're not talking about, oh, it just leveled out. What we're talking is about eight weeks, we got to go back into the doctor because something's not working anymore. And this research is from where? Everywhere. Okay. PubMed, if you go to PubMed and you type in each individual drug, you will see the studies. There's, you know, so many of these studies. But that whole system is deeply funded by big pharma. Yeah. So this is what it means. It means people are reading a scientific study, what they think is a scientific study, and it says this antidepressant will cure your depression. And the what they did was they took the study until the 16 weeks or eight weeks or whatever that, that drug was, and they stopped the study right at the time where symptomology would drop. And they pulled those numbers and said, there's your data. Mm. It works. Mm. And they've done this with every single antipsychotic and antidepressant drug on the market. Every single one. There are no limitations. There are no exclusions. So do they have a place? Yes. For about six to eight weeks. 
they weren't studied long term and they were never intended to be taken long term. Gotcha. So we've got a whole society of people who have been on these antipsychotic and antidepressant drugs, MOIs, for years. Mm-hmm. What is that doing to the brain? What is happening there? We don't know. Yeah. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't been studied. So do I think they have a place? Absolutely. 100%. I think there are positive effects from some of these drugs. However, some people cannot tolerate them at all because they do not create the enzyme necessary to break them down into mm. the liver. Mm. So now we're talking about developing something else that's very scary and why weren't you given any kind of testing to see if you can tolerate the drug that we just wrote because at the end of the day what is happening with this system when you say do drugs have a place who prescribed you the drug what criteria did they use what questionnaire were you given what what did they take blood from you how do they know this drug because what we believe, what we've been aimed or taught through television ad commercials is take this drug and it cures this thing. Easy peasy. Don't worry about the black box warning or, you know, the extra little fine print. Or the guy who speaks really, really fast at the end of the commercial who says, my side effects might be this, this, and this, and you may have an erection for four hours. And if so, go see your doctor immediately. I really feel like we can do some work in creating some of those. That would be really funny. (laughs) Your voice is so good. Um, Yes. And and so it's hard because what I can say is, you know, I I think a lot of people that do what I do are either, you know, we're either allopathic, we're either very conventional medicine or we're completely holistic. I believe in marrying the two. What does the latest data say in science? And what do we know in ancestral wisdom? What do we understand about evolution? What do we understand about human biology, human psychology? What's the most up-to-date data? And what does the drug say, right? Like what is, what is the evidence, evidence there about symptomology? And I'll say for another episode, it isn't what Big Pharma has created. It's the drugs that are mostly put here um, like ayahuasca. Um, even MDMA, that's a man-made drug, uh, ketamine, Iaboga, Ibogaine, all these psychedelic medicines, even LSD, mushrooms, psilocybin, these, these drugs show incredible promise for curing mental health illnesses. Incredible promise. We've got... What's the data on that? Like when you talk about oh, the 16 weeks with any of the big pharma stuff with, I mean, like... How deep is the, you're getting in the psychedelics basically. So what, so like what, let's put one on one pedestal and one on the other 16 weeks over here. Uh What what kind of data are we looking at on psychedelics? Um, It's all on, I mean, it's not all ongoing, but it's ongoing. It's currently right now. We are just, I think I posted something today. It's expected to be a a $10 billion industry in the next five years or five years. They're pouring right now into data. So what is the up-to-date data for the latest? I don't know, but this is what we know. Um, An SSRI, an antidepressant versus psilocybin. What are we doing? One looks like serotonin, acts similarly to serotonin in the brain and builds neuroplasticity. It helps you build new neural networks, opens your mind. And the other one, 
the other one's draining your serotonin. Mm. Okay. Right. Causing a chemical process in the body, in the, in the brain, that's completely different than this other one. One promotes long, long standing healing. One is really just dependent on today. And, and this is a huge question in a huge field because one of those um, degrades the, the gut and one of them doesn't. One mm. of them helps to build the gut. Yeah. So what I mean, sometimes I think we need to use some amount of like in internal wisdom and common sense. Um, do I think all antidepressants are bad or all of these antipsychotics are bad? Not necessarily. I just don't believe that we've studied them for long enough to really answer that question. Um, and from the data that we have, they really shouldn't be taken long term. However, these other drugs, they don't need to be taken long term. We can show, um, you know, increase, let's put it this way, MDMA for PTSD has a 70% cure rate. The current model for PTSD, drug and psychological model, our current protocol for PTSD has a 30% improvement in symptomology. 30% increase in in symptomology symptomology and the other which is you're talking about mushrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Is 73% cure rate. 70% cure versus 30% symptomology decrease. Mm. These are cure meaning there's no symptoms. It isn't found. We don't have it. My case in particular, I have worked with psilocybin and MDMA for PTSD. Mm. I, I did other things for that too but far more effective than kind of this, this feeling that I personally got from, you know, antidepressant, which was kind of a numb out feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we, we, so psychedelics. Okay. We're going to talk about how you can start taking shrooms for all your issues. Um, That's going to be another episode for another time. Um, We got, we're up against a break. Um, And so I'm going to take a break here in just a second, but before I do one last question um, for the, for the man or the woman, who was like me in January and was completely lost, suicidal. Mm-hmm. I hate saying that because I don't know that I was really suicidal, but I had the thoughts. I don't think I ever had the balls to do it because of my very kids. different, very different things. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, the point is somebody who's depressed is that lost their way. They've lost their identity. They've lost their self-worth. Um, do they go to the doctor and do they get on some medication to help them get the clarity like I did? Or do you have a better solution? I'd say legally, you better go to your doctor. Good answer. Because I can't tell you not I, to. I, I understand. I get it. I get, that's really <laughs> um, smart. Also, you know, sometimes you need that. You need that direct. I needed it. I, I'm not trying to say that I'm yeah. the, I subscribe. Like if I don't have to take or anything, I'd rather. I told you that actually one of the first things I said. Mm-hmm. I'm on medication. I wish I weren't. Yeah, I'm here to learn something tonight and I'm really excited about this list. And so we're going to get back to the list here in just a little bit. We've talked about the sun. We've talked about eating red meat. We talked about fruits and vegetables. I want to keep adding to this list. So when we come back, Melissa Hagen in Las Vegas, my old friend from 15 years ago is going to give us a few more pointers. If we're struggling with mental health or some of those feelings, some of the things that we can do to get us back on top. It's up next on the all new Papa Ron podcast. 
The Paparon Podcast is brought to you by Dumar Solutions. Dumar Solutions, offering affordable chemical and PPE solutions for any industry. Automotive, industrial, manufacturing, concrete, and asphalt construction. Also offering kitchen cleaners, corrosion control, and specialty coatings. Detergents, cleaners, and degreasers, laundry care, floor care, odor control, personal hygiene, and much more. Do more with Dumar. Inquire with any of your needs at Dumar Solutions. That's D-O-M-A-R-E solutions.com. Now, back to the Paparon Podcast. Here's Ronnie Phillips. All right, coming up next week on the show, I'm going to have a couple old friends in studio. I am, um, I don't know if the word is excited is the right word. I am excited because they're two friends that I am always excited to be with, but it's going to be a really tough conversation. Greg and Missy Smith. And if you don't know who they are, then you might know the name Kelsey Smith. Kelsey Smith was abducted in front of a uh, Overland Park Target. Uh, this would have been, gosh, 2007. Uh, and not only was she abducted in the middle of the day, middle of the afternoon, in the wide open, in the busy, busy city of Overland Park, uh, she was then later raped and murdered on uh, that day. And... Uh, I was reached, uh, Greg, sorry, (laughs) Greg, her father reached out to me, um, a couple podcasts ago. Oh, it was during, it was after the very first podcast I did about PTSD. And he said, Hey man, I've been listening to your podcast. I saw what you did with the PTSD. Uh, I have PTSD from my time serving the United States Navy and for my 20 plus years or whatever it is, uh, serving in law enforcement. And I said, we need to have you on the show. So we're going to talk about Kelsey. We're going to talk about, we're going to celebrate Kelsey's life and everything that she was. And we're going to, uh, talk about the, the the horrendous events that they went through. And then we're going to talk about his PTSD and it's going to be a difficult conversation, but I do believe it's going to be intriguing and in a lot of ways could be very informative. That is next week here on the Papa Ron podcast. We're back with Melissa Hagen, old friend of mine of 15 years. She's out in Las Vegas. I appreciate her coming on the show tonight. Um, all right, we were going to keep adding to this list. So we're talking about a holistic approach in particular gut health with an emphasis on brain health and the, some of the basic foundation things that we can do if we're in a funk, if we're feeling depressed, if we're having anxiety, some of the natural, the, the holistic natural things that we can do to help bring us back to normalcy or as close to normalcy as possible. We've talked about the sun, um, which is basic vitamin D. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, then we talked about, which was so fun for me to hear because my old friend, Melissa, Hagen was a vegetarian when I met her and now she's saying eat ribeyes. Yeah. yeah so, um, love that fruits and vegetables. Um, I included that kind of in the same space as re- eating red meat. Um, what's number three, give me, give me what the next thing on your list would be. Connection. Connection meaning what? And these are not in any order, but connection, human connection. Okay. So not so. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because this to me is the biggest, biggest thing for me and the biggest struggle that I had. And it was not connecting and internalizing all of my problems. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about 
the mental health issue being so prevalent today, more and worse than it's ever been. As a matter of fact, when I last saw my doctor, he said that eight times a day of all the visitors that he has, say from eight o'clock in the morning until five o'clock at night, eight visitors a day on average are coming about mental health. Um, I felt alone. And because we are in the infancy stages of how bad this problem is, I think that most people feel alone because people are just now starting to talk about it. And I wasn't really hearing much about it. I mean, now you would hear a little bit, Simone Biles and everything that she went through, you know, and I even kind of poo-pooed at that, I'll admit. Whether it was right or wrong, you know, I don't know, but like it probably was wrong. But I kind of was like, oh my gosh, like why? Like your pressure was so bad. What about Jesse Owens, you know, and during and all the things that he was up against? And that was what my mentality was. My point is, is that internalizing can be destructive. I will turn it over to you. Yeah, I can. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting that you say that because I think we often do that where we say my my struggle isn't their struggle. So. Mm. That much, that's so much worse than mine. But your nervous system isn't comparing my life towards your life. Yeah. Nervous system is, 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 you know, only on my traumas, what's happened to me. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's really important to remember that uh, trauma isn't just the things that happened to us or didn't happen to us, but they are what happens in the absence of an empathetic witness. Uh, I really want to say that um, Peter, or uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you for the show notes who said that. I think it's Vanderkull. Um, but it's, it's what happens to us in the absence of an empathetic witness. Everything that I've understood and learned about the brain and the body when it comes to regulation or uh, connection, um, it's, it's the, like fast track to healing. Fast track to healing would be just sitting with somebody that can hold space for you. And this is why therapy can be so wonderful for people because someone's holding space for us. I would argue that, you know, it's more impactful for someone that you have a real deep connection to. And some people do if they have a very good connection with their therapist, but you don't need a therapist to have that kind of healing. Um, I think connection is widely, you know, just, just like sleep and eating healthy, just cast to the side because we do look for a pill for our mental health or we just, we just think we're fine. And so it's that disconnection from self, the disconnection from, I don't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. And whether that's because I don't have a purpose, um, I'm not aligned with it. I don't, my brain's on fire. Uh, I don't have, you know, whatever it is, we need to be able to recognize I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't wake up feeling good about my life. I, I don't look forward to tomorrow. I don't have, uh, you know, any vision of my future. I don't feel good in my body. Nothing has, you know, it, a positive effect on my life. We need to be able to say that to our partners, to our friends, to our doctors without being labeled with a disorder for our, the rest of our life or being medicated Wow! because there's no safety in that. That's... There's no safety. And, and, and yes, men are, are, are at a disadvantage because we, we really shut down their emotions. We say as a society, not only can, not only can you, 
you know, not cry or talk about mental health, you can also not express healthy anger, right? So that's a whole nother topic. So what's happening is men are just suppressing their emotions. Mm -hmm. They're suppressing all day, every day, because it's be productive, get work done, deal with that later. That's nothing. You're fine. You're not that person. They went through real trauma. So we're, we're really, we're degrading ourselves. We have a disconnection with self. And there isn't a safety, the safety, the connections, the healthy connections that we have need to be safe for us to co-regulate, for us to regulate what we, what we have is our nervous system. And when I come, when when I say like these things are interconnected, what our nervous system is, our we have an autonomic nervous system. Our parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for digesting our food. We go into a state of fight or flight. We go up. It's if we go into a state of fight or flight where we have adrenaline and cortisol pumping through our body because our body is primed to fight. We can stay in that state for days, months, weeks, right? For a very long time because of a trauma and not realize it. And we have this cortisol destroying our body. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't know that that's what's happened. We just don't feel right because we're dysregulated. Right. We're just dysregulated. And so we're not digesting our food. And if we're not digesting our food, can we make the neurotransmitters? Yeah. It's all connected. It's it, And it's no other way to describe it. And, and we have to understand that the connection with another person is where the healing is. It's also in sunshine. When you want your short list, be more human. The short list is just be more human. What are the things that make you human? Be that. Be less of what 2022 is. Be less of production, less on your social media, less of all these things that make you less human and connect more. Put your feet in the grass. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, foster good, healthy, safe connection. Eat healthy food. Do things that matter. Be in the present moment. All this woo-woo shit that you hear, it works. It works because it's just being connected to what it is to be a human being. It's not that complicated. Yeah. I mean, I like to make it complicated because I like the science. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not, not at least in the first podcast anyway. The other thing in my, I got to be careful. I say this because I don't want to make it sound bigger or more glamorous than it really is, but I was going to say in my research, but I haven't really been seeking research. It's just shit that I've been stumbling on. Uh, being that it shows up in my algorithm because of the content that I'm posting about. Um, there's a, there's a, uh, a term called being in the screen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, which means you are constantly in your phone. You're constantly in your tablet tablet. You're constantly in your computer and you're constantly, um, you know, seeking, the gratification, which there's another word for it. What's the word? The dopamine. Yes. Thank you. Um, of, of posting content to get the engagements, to get the likes, uh, to get the comments because it makes you feel good. It's giving you dopamine. Right. Right. But it actually being in the screen for an unhealthy amount of time can actually be counterproductive as well and cause, damage, mental damage to your brain, you know, mental yeah. damage to your brain. I can't believe I just said that damage to your brain. Yes. So, um, the reason I bring that up is that I found myself 
when I was in my state of depression, I was seeking distraction. I was seeking places to this like, ah, this is bringing me down. I just, I need to be distracted. What, you know, what's the first thing we do? Pick up our damn phone and thumb through TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And I would spend way too much time doing that, which was probably causing more damage. Speak to that. Yeah. So, okay. There's so many things there because everything exists on a spectrum. Um, And some of it is connection, right? We're finding some connections. We're also getting massive amounts of dopamine and small hits over and over and over again, like dopamine, you get a notification dopamine, Mm. right? So what are we creating there? A dopamine deficit. That's not good. We can't just be burning all this dopamine, especially if we don't have tyrosine, right? If we have what? Say that again. Tyrosine, that amino acid that's coming from almonds, right? Like we don't have these amino acids. We can't create these neurotransmitters. So let's say we're just on our phone all day looking at the screen. How else can this affect our health? Well, the blue light can disrupt our sleep pattern, can disrupt how deep of a sleep that we get, because that light is information. The light on my face right now is information to my brain. Stay awake. But it's 720. So ideally, I should be getting ready for bed. I should be candling down the house, which means I'm going to start turning off my lights so that my body can be back in circadian rhythm or get into circadian rhythm with the sun We sleep at sundown, we wake at sunrise. Um, And when we're on our phone all day, it's just the light is just sending message, message, message to be awake. So it disrupts our sleep Um, in so many ways. What else are we doing when we're on our phone? We're disassociating, like you said, we're getting a distraction. And some of that, you know, like I said, it, it exists on a spectrum. Sometimes disassociation can be something that we need to escape reality but the problem is is we're escaping reality a lot like you said we get hooked on escaping reality and we don't even realize we're doing it Mm -hmm. we can be on our phone for an hour and be like oh my god yeah like what happened what happened and you'll go to dinner and we know this we see everybody at the table they've gone to great lengths to all get together and have a meal together and everyone's on their phones I'm guilty of it too. We're yeah. taking pictures. We're tagging. We want to show everybody we're here. We're all right. here together. Look at us all. Uh, and it's just like this parade of just like, what, what are we all doing? Right. <laughs> what we're all so overconnected that we're disconnected. And, and our phones are, yeah, probably number one culprit of that other than, you know, the need to be on them to make, content i'll tell you i think making tiktoks for some amount of time drives my dopamine just to make them not really posting them but the creative process i like it right and i use that to then drive myself into doing other productive things um but i hate it i hate being online if i could log out and it didn't affect my business at all i would log out and you wouldn't see me i would go into the rainforest right like i don't want it I've said that so many times because of the, by the way, every sponsor of the Papa Ron podcast is one of my businesses. If you notice that? So that's one thing I love about this. Um, but you're right. So like with everything that you're involved with, and then it's not just one platform. It's not just TikTok. You got to do it on Instagram and Facebook, and then you got to play to their little algorithm and the little tricks to their trade. I have said all the time, if I didn't have Dumar Solutions, if I didn't have Heartland Waterfowl, if I didn't have Papa Ron Radio, I wouldn't be on social media. 
I wouldn't. I mean, it, it's just, it's become the antichrist in so many ways. Now there, it does have its advantages. If it wasn't for TikTok, you and I wouldn't have been able to be reconnected. Yeah. Right. So let's, sure. you know, but, sure. um, yeah, but you, have to, you have to, you have to recognize that in many ways, these, these platforms are now what drives our businesses. Yeah. So it's kind of a trap, right? Yes. You create content, you can make money, you can stay home and work from home and have all those freedoms. However, you're going to be in your phone creating content and now you better get Lightroom and you better get this app and you better learn how to edit. You yep. better learn the algorithm of every single device. The amount of output it takes to be productive content creator is not really sustainable. It's not. It's, this is it's a not full-time job. It's such a full-time job. I do not, with everything that I've got going on and being a dad, there's no way... That's why I've told you so many times, like even with what you're doing, I'm like, oh my God, she's killing it on the TikTok stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I also go like burnout, right? Like, cause you can just- I don't know how you're not burned out. Honestly, I, cause I, I get so exotic. Like I've noticed you've done content. You're wearing the same clothes and you've done four or five TikToks in one day. I am thoroughly fried from just the time that I've invested. And it's, you know what, what- we're getting way off topic here. What kills but, me but, is then I jump into, like, I, I'm jumping into biochem, right? Like, I'm, I'm learning biochemistry, but then I'm having to go and be a content creator, doing a song and dance yeah. to get people to come and listen to me yeah. so that they can understand that there is a different way than what we're doing. Sure. So if I didn't have to spend so much time doing the song and dance, I could focus on what's important. However, one drives the other and one yep. actually is bad for my mental health, right? Learning. That's, that, that's the crazy thing about where I was going with this is, is that we have to do this, but like, I feel like I need to do a better job of getting out of the screen. And if the, and, and, and look, I, when I do these podcasts and I'm talking about all the infancy stages of mental health, it's important for me to try to, um, ask the questions and have the conversation because I feel like that there's always, there's always going to be somebody who's listening that is going through something that can be in this content can be beneficial to them. And I didn't realize that until my first episode and the amount of people who, who text and messaged and direct messaged and said, I'm going through the same thing. I'm wiping tears off my face. I'm going through all this. So I now know that people listen to this show because they have a struggle. So I want to make sure that I, if I'm talking to an expert who, you know, I'm getting the information that can be beneficial to them and, and being in the screen is one that I've stumbled on and I wanted to get your input on the way that we can break, break away of that. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I feel the same way. I I feel the same way. I'll say that in my, in my struggles uh, with my own mental health, which, um, you know, I think there's a misconception that, that to be in this space of wellness that you wouldn't you wouldn't have any kind of gut health or physical health issues that you should just be perfection that's not real that's not true in the world um, I have my own mental health struggles and and all within the realm of I think absolutely normal about being a human being but what I said what I've realized in doing the work that I've done and being online that I'm helping other people have a voice other women specifically because that's really my target audience is people like me right people most like me will be the most affected by what I have to say and what I have to teach and 
in those calls where someone's like, I just need to talk to you. I, I, I need to coach or what, even if they don't want to do nutrition or blood work, um, the conversation that we have, there have been days where I didn't even want to get out of bed, right? Like I was just like, today sucks. Like my life's falling apart, whatever it is. But I, I have that call at 10 a.m. And I know this girl needs me. So I'm going to show up. And then you know what happens? That connection, I'm like, I'm amazing. My job is amazing. My day is amazing. I have so much to look forward to. And I'm like, damn, is that, am I getting more out of this than my clients? And and I don't, you know, I, I'm not special. I hear this from therapists, same. I hear this from a lot of people in the in the wellness space that what we when we are giving this to somebody else, this connection, this this extended hand, we're we're receiving so much because that safety and connection works both ways. Mm-hmm. I hold space for you and what's happened in your life, and I listen and I have a container for you. I don't judge you. I don't. I don't. There's none of that. I just hear your experience, and I'm that empathetic witness that has healing properties for me. The empathetic. So while wi- I, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Go ahead. I, 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 you know, and it's hard. It's a balance, right? We have to find a balance of too much blue light, too much on our phone, real connection, and and a bio individual approach for our life, right? Like if if we don't need to be on the phone, maybe we don't get on the phone, or if we if it's our job, we we carve out an hour of it every day to say no. For this hour, I'm going to practice mindful meditation or whatever it is. I'm going to sit in the sun and I'm going to be still with myself. Um, little things like that can make all of the difference. And and it's always about meeting yourself where you are. Mm-hmm. If you eat fried foods every day and you're glued to your phone, mm. eat some real food. Yeah. <laughs> eat some real food. Yeah. And take some breaks from your phone. Sure. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And I didn't have any agenda to bring <clears throat> up getting out of the screen. But when you mentioned connection, I thought, hmm, this kind of plays in the same arena so um gosh dang we are already an hour and 22 minutes into this um okay so i want to continue within the gut though this this episode is about gut health and, and its emphasis on brain health so we've talked about sun that has its impact on gut health obviously eating meat fruits and vegetables connection is somewhat relevant, but not as much as what we're trying to really accomplish here with the gut health thing. Obviously getting out of the screen, I don't think has much to do with the gut health. Tell me if I'm wrong. What Probiotics. is it? Huh? Probiotics have a okay. direct on your gut because you're, you're colonizing, right? You get, you're getting good bacteria under your gut. All the things that we're talking about are having a negative or positive effect on the gut. So okay. that's your internal environment and external environment. That's also... Yeah, that's also, you you know, probiotics, like having good, healthy gut bacteria that you put into your body. Of course, that's, that's helpful. Okay. Um, depending on the, you know, the kind of probiotics, I would always say go with the spore based probiotic. Um, like what? Um, I, I happen to like, um, sorry, uh, Thriveworks or um, I don't know why it's just popped out of my head when you said that, but um, Megaspore is my is my favorite go-to probiotic for everyone. Um, these things have incredible benefits. Uh, you know, they they've done a lot of tests on 
on people. Like none of this stuff is new. If you just go into PubMed and type in probiotics for mental health, let that lead your way. Okay. There's a lot there. But all these things, all these things, exercise, yeah, exercise, getting sure. outside, running, lifting heavy weights, all of these things are incredibly important um, for building, building healthy gut and healthy brain. On the diet, on, on the diet, diet, bleh, on the diet, di- I can't say the freaking word. Anyway, on the diet side, on, on the consuming of food, um, aside from red meat, and we, you, you talked about that being the most important. Eggs. Eggs. Just animal fat. Yeah. And you know what? It's crazy. We talked for so long. My, my computer's going to die. I'll be right back. I got to get my charger. Okay. We're going to chat. All right. So fantastic. All right. Go ahead and get it and I'll promote again. We'll do that. We'll do it right now. All right. Here's what's going to happen. She's going to go get her charger because she doesn't want her computer to die. Even though I told her this was going to be a 90 minute podcast. We're only in this. Not even 90 minutes, Melissa. We come back. Melissa Hagen out in Las Vegas, who is an old friend, but she's also a person who is an expert. And I, I personally feel is an expert in this field. She's going to give us some more things that we can put on this list that will help out holistically with our mental health. It's next on the Papa Ron Podcast. You're listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Papa Ron Podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now, back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. I can make Melissa dance. DJ RP in the mix. Putting down the hits. Making Melissa move her hips. Yeah, I like it. Melissa Hagen out in Las Vegas has now got a charged computer. She's a functional nutritionist, integrative health, mental health practitioner, self-proclaimed goofy chick. You really do need to follow her on TikTok. Her stuff is intense at times and sometimes just funny as hell. She is the wellness witch. Yeah, you know what that's where, so Yeah, where did you get that name? I mean, I, it's unique and I like it's clever, but yeah. witch? Sure. Why witch? Yeah, why witch? Why not? Um, so witches were, I'm not, I don't like to say I'm a healer, right? I show people how to heal themselves. But witches um, were healers. They were, they were, they used medicines to help heal the body and the mind. Um, so you're the and, wicked witch of the east, not the west. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't okay. use you know I don't use any of that black magic. Um, but it's funny that you say that. I, that's so funny that you say she's she's intense at times and funny because that couldn't describe me better. I'm intense a lot of the times, but mostly just super goofy. Um, mm. But that's a conversation for another. It day. is. It is. But I just look. I mean, uh, I'm mainly just saying that. Look. If you want some information, if you want to follow some content that is going to open your mind on a variety of different topics, whether it's narcissism and being in a bad narcissistic relationship, or if it's psychedelics, or if, you know, uh, maybe it's, I saw you posted something about marijuana uh, earlier today, you know, like you just, you've got this very open mind and you've got content out there that will open the mind to other people. And you're not just some person who's just like, pushing propaganda like you're educated right like you're just you are an educated individual who is a practitioner and 
you're not just pushing something like there's a method to the madness and there's research. And, and so I think, yeah, it's really important to me to not be um, selling anything. Like, of course I'm a practitioner. You can hire me. I do take clients. I do that. Um, My, my, my real motivation, my purpose is to really help other people um, with their mental health and Mm. help them in all the ways that I can. So I've expanded my scope of practice to help people in more ways than just telling them how to eat. Okay. I really want to help people and heal, help them to find how to heal themselves by supporting all the systems in the body um, and holding that container that we spoke of um, in a multitude of ways. I, I also you know, do a mental emotional healing therapy. Um, so I facilitate therapy. I'm a hypnotherapist. I do. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? I know. So remember when I told you I threw everything at the the wall? Yeah. And see what everything that stuck. I said I want to be that. I want to integrate that in my practice. You hypnotize in- people. Yes. <laughs> yes. You are a witch. You're a witch. <laughs> my friend it. Melissa is a witch. Well, so yeah, we can we can do a you know a chat on hypnotherapy. Would you be able? Time. Would you be able to like if I'm the host of a podcast? Mm-hmm. I'm just like I, my old radio days are coming back here with some creative stuff here. Would you be okay. able to hypnotize me as I'm hosting my own podcast? Yes. Like I could sit here, and you could yeah. hypnotize me. Yeah, it's not hard. That's actually not hard. You go to trans state every 90 minutes. I don't know that I'm prepared to be hypnotized right now. Maybe that's another episode, but you really can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what happens when I'm hypnotized? Do you, does it, do I start saying like, like I start saying shit like that? I don't know that I'm saying. So I've never done that, but it is possible. Yes. Um, the mind is very suggestible. So really all that's happening with hypno- like when we're doing hypnotherapy is I'm helping by speaking in a certain way, I'm helping bypass the executive function of your brain to go right into the subconscious. And the purpose of that really for my practice is to help you, um, let loose of the baggage that you have. So your limiting beliefs, okay. right? I'm, I'm helping you let go of shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But before and, and afterwards, I put in things that I want you to, to think about. And, and they're called post-hypnotic suggestions. The person that taught me, Dr. Um, Dr. Matt James, he worked with Tony Robbins, um, grew up with Tony Robbins. Um, I watched him in my, you know, in my certification process um, in Arizona do what you're saying to people where he had someone every time he snapped his fingers would go start speaking English. He snapped his finger again. He would speak Spanish and he wasn't aware. So a part of it is that he wasn't aware that he was doing, and it was fascinating. Um, I, I can put you in a catatonic state. I can, um, if, if you're willing, right. It hypnosis is a do with process. So you really need to be a participant. Um, you are under your own control. Um, all you're doing is following my direction. It is not as difficult or as mind-blowing as people say it is. However, it is powerful because the subconscious is powerful. I have to say this one thing before we stop talking about it. 
Your subconscious is responsible for 90% of all behaviors, thoughts, and change. Your I buy that. I buy your that. Your subconscious is also digesting your food. It's your parasympathetic nervous system. So your subconscious is digesting your food. Is that what you just said? Responsible. Yeah, it's everything. And, and people aren't realizing that our cognitive brains are not leading the path. We can think cognitively, I want this. I want to do this. I, this is my goal. You'll never get there if your subconscious is holding you back for some reason. Hmm. Wow. That's in, okay. So here's the deal. We're going to have you back and I am going to let you, I think, I think, I think I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I'm going to let you hypnotize me on the podcast. I'm going to okay, have somebody I'll, else in studio just in case I like start having there. a stroke or something because stroke. I, I, I don't know. Do You're it. a witch. You might cast a spell on me or some shit no. and I might turn into a pumpkin or something anyway. Okay. Um, I know you've got a fam, you've got a child and I don't want to keep you up too much later. Is, is he doing okay? He, he just his head in here but he's doing good oh, okay. i will i'll give you i'll give you some things for gut so he, yes give me some food. things that we can eat some things that we can consume you talked about meat fruits and vegetables eggs i want to also as, as we're leading that as we're going down this road talk about what we should eat and talk about some of the things that we immediately need to get rid of yeah i was gonna say that um Rather than focus too much on what we should eat, because we did that, real food, okay, bacteria, we need a good, um, healthy bacteria, so diversity in our meals, diversity. eating foods that are in season is really helpful for that, um, getting things as close to um, the farmer as possible, so if you can buy your food directly from the farm, that's better. If you can get your meat directly from your own hands, because you yourself um, hunted that animal, even better, Right. So closing that gap to your food as much as possible, um, very, very helpful. Um, as far as gut health goes or, you know, your, your digestion is very important. So digesting your food, um, which means slowing down, just slowing down your eating. Mm-hmm. So the, the one hour, the one hour lunch was about the worst thing that ever happened to America. Sit down and eat your lunch slowly. Take your bites Chew your food. How long do you need Chewing. to take? How long do you need to eat lunch? It should be a long time. Like you really shouldn't be on a half an hour lunch break. Like because if you think oh, about I thought it, you, you said one run. hour. Like I like I thought you said one well, hour. But if you're driving somewhere to go pick oh. up a crappy lunch and then you're shoveling in your face and then yeah. you're running back to work, that's fair. You're not digesting your food properly. Um, digestion starts from the moment we look at our food. Right. The, it's visual. Do you want to come say hi? Come on in, buddy. Come on in. What's up, pal? Yeah. <laughs> what's up? Your mom thinks, hey, 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 what's his name? Okay. Rocky. Rockney? Like Newt Rockney? No, Rocky. Rocky. Like, Ro- hey, Rocky. Yeah. Hey, Rocky. Rocky. Where'd you go? He's over. It's all right. Um, I was going to give him more time. Okay. Oh, I, think he, I think he wanted to ask you a question. Rocky, do you think I have a good radio voice? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I get complimented all the time from Melissa. You do have Uh, the best radio voice. I swear. I show people. I'm like, look at this guy. This is insane. It's funny. Um, All right. Things that we shouldn't eat. Gluten. Don't eat gluten. Don't eat gluten. 
Okay. Can't no, do I can't do it. Remember the tight junction? I can't do it. I can't do it. My sister-in-law is gluten-free and that shit sucks. That food is awful. Sorry. No, I sorry you got I didn't realize he came back in the room and I used to foul mouth. He is gluten-free? Do you like it? Huh? He I, he doesn't know better. I've lived 46 years. <laughs> he has his times where he doesn't he doesn't like it. He gets upset. Mm-hmm. Um but you know it does. It does. So taste. everything you eat is gluten free. Are you? Is that because you have like issues with gluten, or you just choose to be gluten free? Um, I actually uh, don't have. Um, I don't have celiac. Right. So, um, and I, but I would say that I'm gluten sensitive. It does cause me gastrointestinal discomfort. Um, and my whole life, I never realized that because I just ate it every day. Okay. Um, but I, I understand now that. Absolutely, I do. And it causes gastrointestinal problems with everybody. Mm. Um, it, gluten can be its own episode. We can really talk. <laughs> He's done doing his chores, everybody. Good um, job, Rocky. Oh, Yay. Oh, Good job. And the crowd goes wild, Rocky. Woo. He loves that. He just got home from the park, so he's real excited. Um, yeah, gluten. It can be its own thing. We can we can talk about that. You're gonna and have to gluten. work on me that on that one. We'll, we'll do that another gluten. episode. That one's that one's gonna be a really hard one for me. Well, this is what I would rather do. Um, before I do hypnosis on you, what I would like to do is run your blood work, um, and we can find <laughs> out. We can find out. Okay. How okay. We'll see. We'll see what's going on, and then we can. We're gonna really you. find out how messed up Papa Ron really is. Oh, what we're going to do is find out how much, how, what ways we can make you feel so much better. Okay. All right. And, you know, uh, outside of that, um, antibiotics, they're, they're so great at killing bacteria. Unfortunately, they don't find one target bacteria and kill it. They kill everything. So, so what antibiotics do you recommend? None. Oh, you're saying none. I was like, I, I, oh. I didn't think I understood where you were going with this, but. No, there are times where we need to take antibiotics and that's just, that's that. Right, um, because you just got done talking about probiotics. So I was like, I'm, yeah. I must oh, not be tricking. We have to stay away from overusing antibiotics. Um, gotcha. So that's one of the things. Um, any kind of Tylenol, ibuprofen, those things degrade the, the gut. Um, toxins, um, Glade. Toxins. So slow down, yeah. slow down. Let's go back to toxins. Like toxins. what? Like what? Like laid plugins, air fresheners, um, harmful chemicals in the house, household cleaning products. Um, air fresheners? Yeah. You don't have yeah. air fresheners in your house? No. But it smells good. I use incense. I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Okay, I, well, I you, but so you, but you got to clean your house. You're telling me you don't use Lysol? You're telling me no. you don't use Pledge? You're telling no. me. You, what do you clean your house with? I, I, well, I can tell you, I use a mixture of vinegar, white vinegar, um, water, and a, a little substance. Some like to call, you know, a special kind of oil, uh, thieves. Okay. Uh, thieves. If you mix thieves with vinegar, there's recipes online. There are lots of ways to make natural cleaners that are just as effective really? and not as harmful as all these others. Cause all of those disrupt our endocrine system, 
which disrupts all the systems in the body. So this toxin overload really does have an effect on our mental health. This episode of the Paparon Podcast brought to you by Dumar Chemical Solutions. For all of your chemical solutions needs, please call... I know. I want you to listen. I want you, I want you to be honest. I love it. I think it's informative. I'm, but I am surprised that you are, um, I'm not surprised. I I guess what I'm saying. I don't wear perfume. perfume. None of that stuff. That's new. I smell good. I don't need it. I I take care of myself. (laughs) She's feeling so good about herself because she took a shower before this podcast. She, we did talk about this. She's like, well, what do I, gosh, I'm going to have to take a shower before I come on the show because you're videoing this. So you're damn feeling hippies. extra good about yourself right now. What? Yeah, damn hippies. We don't, we never shower. We don't eat gluten. We use ends. It's weird. I get it. Okay. Um, wow. All right. So we're going to do some blood work. I'm going to yeah. be hypnotized. That will be the next episode that we fun. do together. Yeah. Uh, it's a little, uh, a I, little I intimidating. Really- Go ahead. I really like to pair hypnosis with um, certain psychedelics because they really help. You're going to send me some um, shrooms too? Yeah. I actually love to work with those together. So you never know. We can't, we never know. What's I've never done shrooms. I've never done it. I oh. mean, no, no, never. Honestly, the only drug if, I mean, other than pharmaceuticals and and on a marijuana like i've smoked weed before but i don't do a, i i don't like rarely ever but i never like you would think that being the guy that i that i was in radio and around all the stars and all sure. of the party yeah. things like the cocaine and the yeah. all this stuff yeah. never, i'm I, not a fan of cocaine so i'll say that never, no i know i'm just saying that being even though that i lived that lifestyle i never got into i never got into the drugs and there's a stigma we, and we'll get into that probably on the next episode, sure. but there's yeah. a stigma that comes with doing shrooms and psychedelics, especially if you grew up in the seventies and yeah. you think of what all of those people look like during Woodstock dancing around, looking like fools. And, yeah. and the, yeah. what you're proposing does not, is not getting you to do that. I'm assuming No, there, there are, this is micro dosing. Yeah. Well, even, even therapeutic doses, which are bigger doses are done, uh, in a, in a therapeutic setting. So that's very different than doing it for, you know, a a festival or a party situation. Mm -hmm. Doing MDMA out at the club is very different than doing MDMA with a clinician, um, to treat PTSD. Those are different things. So Um, when I do shrooms on this podcast with you, will I be tripping? Yeah, I'm going to trip. If you did, if you, we're going to expose what you find in my blood work. You're going to hypnotize me and I'm going to take mushrooms and I'm going to trip on my own podcast. Your ratings will skyrocket. (laughs) Well, I might have to move Greg and Missy Smith next week to the next week and just, well, let's just get into, no, I can't do that. I can't do that, but but we are, we'll, we'll do that. We will do that. All right. Any other things? Uh, the gluten-free stuff that's that's gonna yeah. that's gonna take me some time to um to do that. You were talking about toxins. Yes. I, I get it. Um, that one's gonna be another tough one. Uh, yeah. What else? Cut out processed foods, high fat foods. Um, we really want to cut out like these complex carbohydrates, um, high sugar foods. 
um, foods that trigger allergies, sensitivities such as the gluten or dairy for some people, and alcohol or other um, non-psychedelic drugs. <laughs> yeah, the alcohol's got to go from what it. But you know what? We'll run. We'll run your your blood work and we'll see what's going on with you. I'd like to run the mental map on you. The mental map with some basic CMP blood work. The mental map is going to give me an idea of the inflammation going on in your brain mm. and um, will give me a lot of information about what could be affecting your mental health. I got some swelling right about here. <laughs> right, in this, right in this area. Not, not so much right at the moment, but pretty much every day. All day. The, the mental map, I will say, um, Kansas City native Brendan Vermeer runs a little spot called metabolic solutions he's an educator um, educates doctors psychiatrists myself i'm in his program right now for mental health practitioners functional mental health practitioners he created the mental map which is the first and only of its kind um biomarkers for mental health okay um and it's brand new so this mental map, this is something then that, that basically is like a, a, a helmet that you wear. And it, it, am, I, am I assuming, am I, am I wrong on this? Yes, oh, I am. You are wrong. Yeah, that's not okay. what it is. Okay. It's a blood drop. It's I was thinking drop. that you're going to like hook a bunch of wires to my head and like. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> I want to do that. I'm not no. certified for that. So. No, so, thank God. Um, but no, it's just, it's just, ba- it's more than basic blood work. There are specific markers that help us understand what is going on. Um, and that way, when we start to understand the physiology, we say, oh, okay, so you might be feeling better in a multitude of ways. However, this over here needs some work and this is what we can do. So it, it's, um, it's, a new, it's, it's a new frontier and it's really about- Is it protocol? Uh, there's a, is, is, there a is protocol? it protocol? No, is it protocol with your clients that when they come in, if they're suffering from anxiety, depression, that you you do blood, you do this blood work? Yes. Like that, that's like not even a question. Like, okay, you're here for us to thoroughly better understand what it is that we're dealing with. We have to draw blood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, um, so for my practice, I, I'm not running the mental map on everyone, but it's very beneficial for people that have PTSD ADHD, autism, um, because we can really help uh, get that inflammation. If we can get inflammation down in the brain, we're um, talking about somebody who can function a lot better versus maybe not being able to. Um, We're really talking about being able to bring up somebody's brilliance, right? Really helping somebody in a physiological way, not just their mindset or behavioral. This is something else. Um, I don't run the mental map on everybody. Like I said, it's new. But I do recommend um, all my clients do it. And what I do with my practice is we allocate a certain amount of money that you pay me towards testing. Um, I want to run basic blood chemistry for everyone. So your vitamin D, your histamine, you know, I, there are markers that I want to see because your metabolic health is an indicator of your mental health. I want to see what's going on in your body mm. because that's going to give me an idea of what's going on up here. Yeah. It's not about what causes, right? It's not about the chicken or the egg. It's how can I help this person from every facet? How can I do something that's more integrative? So like we've touched on a few things, right? The emotional body, mental, the mind, 
subconscious, right? With the psychedelics and the hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. the physical, mm-hmm. physical body, Got right? It. Right. So th- these are all the bodies that we need to tackle mental, emotional, physical. We can't just say mental health is just in the mind. Of course not. Of mm. course not. It's it's mental. It's emotional. We have emotions that get trapped. We have trauma that gets trapped in our fascia. Yeah. We need to be treating the whole person. And so my practice really is about that. And and when I come on podcasts to speak, it's it's to get the message out. I mean, great if you want to hire me. It's more about getting this message out that there's more to this subject and and people need to have these connections, this safety to speak about what they're going through. So, I mean, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming out and being this, you know, non, non-typical man that's coming out to speak about mental health. I think that's so beneficial because there are so many people that look up to you that are like, well, I mean, if he's talking about it, like, yeah, I felt that too. Right. Even for you to say I was suicidal. Yeah. You weren't right. You weren't suicidal. You had suicidal ideation. There's a whole, that's a whole different subject, but now you've opened the door to now I can say those are different things. Yeah. Those are different things. And somebody listening can be like, Oh, okay. So I'm not suicidal. Oh, okay. So this is, this is a, this is a natural thing. I'm, and it is for some people, it can be very natural to experience negative thoughts. It's how long we stay there and how yeah. much we want that neural network. Right. That's a different thing. Yeah. So I, I Which, know and I was there for a long time. Uh, and I don't want to say I'm a psychologist or represent that, but yeah. I believe that we can all speak on uh, many subjects um, and have conversations because that's what we need to do. We don't need to gatekeep and say only this field can talk about this and this field that can talk about this. No, I'm a human person. I've also dealt with these things and so are you. And we can talk about these things yeah. freely and openly to help foster and nurture more conversations like this okay. for more people. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> this has been cool. I mean, I really, I, I told you that typically with these podcasts, they're very structured. They're somewhat scripted because I'm, I'm, I'm dangerous yeah. enough with what I'm doing, but I was completely winging this tonight and, um, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, That's great because I can really go off on tangents. So <laughs> no, you're fine. Great. There was a couple of times I had to jump in there and like, okay, you're getting way too far ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, we got to yeah. pump the brakes, sister. Anyway, you did great tonight you really did great well being the radio guy that i am i'm gonna i'm gonna um offer some suggestions that what we can have you use for a microphone for next time so that we got some better sounding uh vocal stuff coming up and it'll be as simple as plugging it into your usb shopping cart you do I do. I'll, I'll send it to you and you can tell me what you think of it. Yeah. Let me know. We'll figure that out. Or you can tell me. Okay. But it sounds like we're going to have another podcast with you and yeah. it's going to involve the so results of my blood work. It's going to involve me being hypnotized and Wait, it's, yeah. it's going to involve me tripping on shrooms. I think so. You're going to, so can you, can you legally do send me shrooms? I cannot send you sure because I am not a drug dealer, but if you happen to stumble across. If I happen to stumble across. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you could let me have some shrooms that I could do on this episode with Melissa, we're going to learn more about how screwed up I really am. We'll have to structure the set and setting. I'll, I'll be in Kansas city for this one. I can promise that. 
You're going to come oh. to Kansas City in studio for all of this, this next one? Yes, in studio, yes. Okay, fair enough. Sounds good. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about when we can do this. All right, any parting words then before I let you go? I want you to promote your business. I want you to promote your social handles. Um, yeah. par- do, do all, do you. You do you, girl. Sure. No, I actually, I'd rather just say, you know, you can put me in the show notes. Um, I, you can look up Wellness Witch, all of that. But I would, I really just want to challenge people to ask the question, why? Ask why. Why you feel the way you do. Just ask yourself, what is it do you think? Try, try to ask, what is it that I'm not doing that I could be doing? Um, why do I feel this way? And try to find some meaning in your struggle. Try to find some meaning because that will lead you to where you need to go. And you don't even need, you know, necessarily anybody like me just to tap into your own intuition and let it guide you where you need to go. So That's great. And that's very humble of you. But if they do need some extra help, how will they find you, Melissa? Okay. Okay. TikTok is just the wellness witch. Um, And I recently had to get a new Instagram so I don't even know the handle. Let me look. It is, is the at the wellness dot which. Yes. At the wellness dot which. Okay. Yeah. I had to get a new one. Do you so have you a website? Do you have, do you have a website? I do. Um, it's your wellness, but it's under construction. Okay. So it's that that's to be later oh. released. It's on hold. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, you, can, you can reach me there. Okay. Fantastic. I really do appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. Um, it was eye-opening. I'm going to try to challenge myself to get up tomorrow morning a little bit earlier and just go for a walk. Yeah. I'm self-employed. I work from home, and I do think that the one thing that I'm missing a lot is spending some time in the sun. I thought that was a really good piece of advice. Eating meat's not a problem for me. Being more open, the connection part I thought was real good. Getting out of the screen. Anyway, all of that. So... It was a lot of really good information there, and I'm excited to have you back on the next podcast. Thank you, Melissa Hagen, live from Las Vegas, Nevada. We're back to wrap up the Paparon podcast next. You're listening to the Paparon podcast. Keep up to date on new podcasts, new discussion topics, and future casts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Search Paparon podcast and be sure to like and leave a comment. Now, back to the show. Here again is your host, Ronnie Phillips. All right, don't forget again, next week on the show, I'm going to have uh, some old friends in studio. I'm really looking forward to this conversation because it is going to be deep. It is going to be personal, but I also do believe it's going to be very informative. Greg and Missy Smith of Overland Park, Kansas. Their daughter, Kelsey Smith, was abducted, raped, and murdered on June 2nd, 2007. Uh, Greg served in the United States Navy, also served about 20 years as a law enforcement officer. And so he has been diagnosed with PTSD. So we're going to hear his story. And uh, naturally, we're going to hear about Kelsey and we're going to celebrate Kelsey's life and say and talk about all the great things about Kelsey and then also promote that foundation called Kelsey's Army. That is coming up next week on the Papa Ron podcast. I'd also once again like to thank a few people again. I got to thank their a Marathon Media Management, my boys Dakota Thurn and Quentin Verlinick. They've been a huge asset to this show, not only by providing the video assets to for the show, but being solid friends who pushed me to do this podcast in the first place. Thanks to Rick Hunter, Rich Donovan for producing the imaging elements of the show. Donovan has his own online radio station out in San Francisco that plays the 80s or music from the 80s and the top hits of other uh, decades at coolfm.com. 
Thank you again, Melissa. I appreciate you for being on the show. Again, check her out. She's the functional nutritionist, integrative mental health practitioner, goofy chick on TikTok, the wellness witch. So find her online. For Melissa Hagen, I'm Ronnie Phillips. Thank you for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. You've been listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, hit subscribe now and tell your friends on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and other social platforms. To participate on the show, leave a message with your comments or questions by calling or texting 816-558-6389. That's 816-558-6389. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Papa Ron Podcast. Papa Ron Podcast. Oh.